Why government anti-inflation plans backfire? <clears throat> Governments love inflation. It's a hidden tax on everyone and a transfer of wealth from bank deposits and real wages to indebted governments that collect more receipts via higher indirect taxes and devalue their debts. That's why we can't expect governments to take this issue and decisive action against inflation. To curb inflation effectively, interest rates must rise to a neutral level relative to inflation. To reduce the, the excessive increase in credit and new money from negative real rates. Additionally, central banks must end the repurchase of bonds, exchange-traded funds, and mortgage-backed securities, as this would immediately reduce the quantity of currency in circulation. Finally, and most important, governments need to cut deficit spending, which is ultimately financed by more debt and monetized with newly created central bank reserves. The three measures are crucial. One or two aren't enough. Raising rates, reducing and cutting the purchase of debt, and deficit spending cuts. However, governments are unwilling to cut deficit spending. The increase in outlays from 2020 because of extraordinary circumstances has been largely consolidated, and they're now annual structural expenditures. As we've seen in previous crises, many of the one-off and temporary measures become permanent, driving mandatory spending to new all-time highs. Citizens are suffering from elevated inflation and consumer confidence is plummeting to historic lows in the economies that massively increased money supply growth throughout the COVID-19 pandemic fueling inflationary pressures through money printing well above demand and demand-side state expenditure plans financed with newly created currency. What do governments implement when this happens? More demand-side policies, spending and debt. Imagine for a second that we believed the myth of cost-push inflation and the argument that inflation comes from a supply shock. If that were the case, governments should implement supply-side measures, cutting spending and reducing taxes. Reducing taxes doesn't drive inflation higher because it is the same quantity of currency, only a bit of more of it stays in the hands of those who earned it. Cutting taxes would only be inflationary if demand for goods and services soared because of higher consumer credit and demand, but that is not the case. Consumers would only have fewer difficulties purchasing daily essential goods and services that they acquire anyway, and some would save, which is good. That same money in the hands of government, which weighs more than 40% in the economy, will inevitably be spent and more with rising public debt. One unit of currency in the hands of the private sector may be consumed, investor, invest, invested, or saved. The same unit in the hands of the government is going to current spending and will be multiplied by adding debt, which means more currency in circulation and a higher risk of inflation. One unit of currency in the hands of the private sector is one unit of currency in the hands of the ones who earned it. One unit of currency in the hands of the public sector is more units of currency in deficit spending. Currency supply doesn't drive more currency demand. It's the opposite. 
If inflation ends up destroying the private sector's consumption ability and the economy goes into recession, demand for currency will fall further from supply growth, keeping inflation elevated for longer. The lower the private sector demand for a currency is, the higher inflation rate when governments continue to impose higher money printing. The rules of supply and demand apply to a currency just as they do to everything else. Rising discontent is leading governments to present allegedly bold and aggressive anti-inflation plans, yet almost none of those are supply-side measures but demand-side ones. Furthermore, the vast majority of them imply more spending, higher subsidies, rising debt, and increased money supply, which means a higher risk of inflation. Giving checks with newly printed money creates inflation. Providing more checks to reduce inflation is like stopping a fire with gasoline. Cutting taxes does not increase inflation because it is not an increase in the quantity of currency issued. It is simply more units of currency in the hands of the people who earned it. The Bank for International Settlements recently stated that leading economies are close to tipping into a high inflation world where rapid price rises are normal, dominate daily life and are difficult to quell, according to the Financial Times. However, it's only difficult to quell because governments and central banks keep elevated levels of deficits and monetization. In the 1970s, media and analysts repeated constantly how difficult it was for governments to cut inflation, but they never explained that you can't reduce price pressures by destroying the purchasing power of the currency that governments monopolize. Prices don't rise in unison for the same amount of currency. Anti-inflation plans, as they have been presented in numerous countries, are inflationary and hurt those whom they pretend to help. Governments should stop allegedly helping with other people's money and being supportive by demolishing the purchasing power of their currency, because they're not supportive. The, base, the best way to reduce inflation is to defend real wages and deposit savings. The best way to reduce inflation is stopping the printing press and reducing massive deficit spending.